Thank you, Hannah Ruth, and thank you, Janet, for leading us this morning. I have to be honest, I find it interesting that the musical Rent, the Broadway show that this morning's sermon title is taken from, is actually titled Rent. If you happen to know it, then you know that Rent is about a group of friends who, over the course of a year, 525,600 minutes, struggle with some of life's weightiest issues. Life and death, love and sickness, friendship and betrayal, and on and on and on. And yet all of those things are contextualized by the play's title, Rent, Life as Renting, not Owning, Renting, not hoping to build up for the future, just trying to get by one month at a time, one step at a time, just one foot in front of the other, come whatever may. Sometimes in life, that's the best we can do. Sometimes it feels like that's all we can do. Sometimes it feels like that is all that we have been able to do throughout the last 525,600 minutes. Or perhaps that is just me. Anyway, Happy New Year's. Here we are this morning on the cusp of a new year and in a season of cultural reflection. Year-end best lists, year-end worst lists, remembrances of those whom we've lost, retrospectives on what we have suffered and celebrated and seen. School shootings supply chain issues, the deaths of the British Queen and the retired Pope, a national election, a Russian invasion of Ukraine, staggering inflation, snowmageddon, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock on live TV. In 2022, we learned how to push an asteroid off course in case we ever actually need to in the future. We might have actually learned how to sustain nuclear fusion for energy production, which will help us have a better future for us and our children. God only knows what we will end up learning from NASA's new Webb telescope. And on and on and on. These last few things, of course, take us to the other aspect of today. This morning, we not only find ourselves in a season where we both individually and collectively try to take stock of the last year, but we also find ourselves looking ahead to the future. On New Year's, we don't just look backwards and try to make sense of it all, hoping to be able to find the signal within the noise. But we also look forwards. We don't just reflect 
we resolve, we make choices, we commit to focusing on this or that aspect of our lives. We make a plan. We make a list to be better at our jobs, better to our families, better to our friends, better perhaps to ourselves. We resolve to exercise more or to drink less. We resolve to lose weight and to save money, to be more generous, to be more kind. We here on January 1st find ourselves on the cusp of a new beginning. A new beginning that the world around us warns us every year not to waste. All of that, of course, is well and good. It's good to look backwards and take stock of what we have done and what we might have done differently. And it's good to look ahead and set goals for what we would like to accomplish on this next trip around the sun. But as we do that, whatever promises we've made to ourselves this weekend, whatever resolutions that we have decided to set down for this new year before us. Let me ask that we remember one simple thing. That this may be the world's new year, but this is not the church's new year. The church's new year, of course, began weeks ago in Advent. And it, too, began with promises. Not promises that you and I made, but promises that have been made to us. The Lord will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Brothers and sisters, on this day the world tells itself that it gets to start over from scratch. But we who are here, we know that we do not have to start from scratch, that we do not need to start from scratch. In fact, that we could not start from scratch if we wanted to. Because we know that we are already in the season of Christmas. And the whole world whether it knows it or not, is already in the season of Christmas. We know that Emmanuel has been born. And because we know that, we know that God has already made a new beginning. And that that beginning means that God is with us. 
In December and in January, God is with us. In 2022 and 2023, God is with us yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God is with us. And if God is with us, then we also know that God loves us and that God will stay with us, come whatever may. Sometimes that can be hard to remember, however. Sometimes when times are tough, when we feel like all we are able to do is just get by one day at a time, one month at a time, one foot just in front of the other. Sometimes maybe when we find ourselves facing some of life's weightier issues, life and death and love and sickness and friendship and betrayal, it can be easy to forget the promise of Emmanuel that nothing can separate us from the love of our God. Not life nor death, not good times nor bad, nothing that we might do or that we might fail to do. Nothing that is going on now and nothing that might happen in this year that is to come. Nothing, nothing can come between God's children and God's all-powerful love because that is the promise of Christmas. And that promise holds true every minute of every hour, of every day, of every year. At other times, though, that promise can be easy to forget, not because life is difficult, but instead because life is simply busy. Sometimes we just get in the weeds with everything that is going on in our lives and in our world, and we get distracted and we lose sight. And you know, I think that might be what has happened to Mary and Joseph in our Luke text that Hannah Ruth read for us a moment ago. In this story, it has been 40 days since Jesus' birth. 40 days since the shepherds dropped by. 40 days since they made their way back from Bethlehem to Nazareth. 40 days of sleepless nights and dirty diapers. 40 days of nursing and nurturing on top of everything else that life would have already required of them. Some of us here have been there. But even if you haven't, it is not hard to imagine how the day-to-day busyness of it all might have set aside their astonishment at Christmas. And here again, on this 40th day, they are simply doing their duty, heading up the road to Jerusalem to present mother and child to the religious authorities in the temple. It might seem momentous to us, but it is simply, as Luke says, what was customary under the law. Jewish families had been doing this for centuries. It was just Mary and Joseph's turn.
But then all of a sudden, they get waylaid. All of a sudden, this old man named Simeon, this absolute and perfect stranger, walks up to them and asks if he can hold their child. And before they can get their wits about them, they say yes. And so this old man is teetering around the courtyard of the temple, carrying their newborn, praising their God, and saying that now he can die in peace. And then, just as they are beginning to wrap their brains about what, around what has just happened, somebody else comes up and approaches them. An old woman, Anna, 84 years old, another absolute perfect stranger, comes up and begins to prophesy. She starts to tell anybody who will stand still long enough to listen about their son and about how he is going to save them, how he's going to redeem them and their neighbors. And then all of a sudden, this 84-year-old woman breaks out into ecstatic praise. And in the midst of it all, I can imagine Mary and Joseph looking down at the child in their arms, the one that they have rocked and fed and changed and sat up with late into the night these last 40 days. The one who just also happens to be the Christ child. And then looking wide-eyed at one another and realizing, oh my God, that's right. There's nothing that we can do. There's nowhere that we can go, nowhere that we could possibly hide. We are never going to get away from this, are we? God is now well and truly with us. God is with us in a way that we can't anticipate, that we can't control, that we cannot escape. From now on, in every minute of our lives, God is going to be with us. Whatever we do, whatever we fail to do, whatever we resolve to do, whatever the future might hold, God is going to be with us through every single minute of it. And I'm not quite sure what we've done to actually deserve this. But then again, now that he is here, I'm not quite sure that that actually matters any longer. Thanks be to God. And Happy New Year. Amen. The promise of God with us is a wonderful thing. And it's true. In good times and in bad times, 